Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. I am very excited and honored today to introduce you to Carrie Jenkins. Carrie is uh, an associate pastor at New Hope Worship Center in Concord. She walks alongside her husband, Dale. She is also, let me see if I can get all this straight, (laughs) the assistant district supervisor for the Southeast District Foursquare Church Denomination. Got it out. (laughs) I can't say it again, (laughs) but you got it. I said it without stumbling. Um, I met Carrie a few years ago when our church, when you all, raised funds for Alex and I to go to Israel. And we got to go with Carrie and her husband, Dale, and their church to Israel. And I just fell in love with her passion for the word and her love for teaching the word. So that is what, when I think of Carrie, that's what I think of from being in that atmosphere with New Hope Church and, um, and Carrie. She is gifted, talented in many, many ways, but that is the one thing. Um, that attracts me to her the most is her love for the word. So I want to ask you just to pause for a minute, be still, and ask God to prepare your heart to hear what he would say today through Carrie. He has something for each one of us here today. So I want you to get it and hear it, okay? Please help me welcome Carrie Jenkins. Thank you. You are so kind. Thank you so much. (laughs) We had a good time in Israel, didn't we? (laughs) We had a great time. There's some things that just stay in Israel, kind of like Vegas. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you today. And uh, my husband, Dale, also gives greetings to you. Um, Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I so appreciate that. And that is a mouthful. It's a mouthful, isn't it? Um, but thank you. We have, uh, Dale and I have loved, we've been pastors at New Hope for a little over 23 years now in Concord. I started at 10 years old pastoring. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> no, we have been there a while. Um, but yes, I'm now the assistant supervisor for all the Foursquare churches and pastors that are in the southeast region of the U.S. And it's amazing when I think of where my life is today and where it began. And so I'll just give you a little bit of background. And uh, by the way, uh, this tea was lovely. Thank you. And uh, for all of you ladies who just extended effort to invite those to your table and to really set and create an atmosphere, thank you to those of you who are hosts today. I know that took of your time, but just know that each of you uh, were thought of today. You were each prayed for today. And that God, I believe, does has something just for you. And never feel bad if uh, what I say, you're like, the Lord takes you on a rabbit trail. Has that ever happened to you in your thoughts? And so I just uh, give you permission (laughs) to do that today. Say, Holy Spirit, where are you taking me in this? Because sometimes he just prompts us through the words of others. And so I pray that that's what happens today. Uh, My husband, Dale, and I have been married for about 25 years. It'll be 26 in June. And uh, we have two children, uh, Gabrielle, we call her Gabby. She's a junior at Liberty University. And our son, Caleb, is a freshman at Coastal Carolina University. So we are empty nesters. 
and we were having the time of our lives. <laughs> and I'm like, it's like dating all over again, but we have more money this time <laughs> than when we started. So it's really great. And we get to travel and do some things. And I don't have to worry about, you know, is so-and-so okay? It's just been a really unique season of our lives, and I've been thrilled and I've been enjoying it. So just know that whatever season God has for you, wherever you're at, enjoy it to the fullest. Um, whether you are, you're, if you're single, oh, enjoy your singleness. It's a gift from the Lord. I loved my years of being single. I was an assisting minister at a church before I was ever married and had the opportunity to serve and travel, and I loved it. And then my early years of being married, but we were married almost five years before we had children, so we had a lot of fun. <laughs> and obviously we have two children. And so, um, and then raising them, <laughs> raising our children and seeing them step into adulthood and thrive where God has led and called them. Um, it's such a blessing. And so this new season, people are saying, are you worried about being an empty nester? No, I'm not. Because God already knew. And so I'm ready for this next season. And I'm just glad I'm young enough and got the energy to like hit it full force and keep going as long as God has for me. So this is part of it, obviously. Um, thank you again for the invite. And so I pray that the Lord uses um, me today to speak to you. And may the Holy Spirit speak through me today to each of you. Um, I don't know about you, but I never would have imagined the life that I have today. Uh, I'm not sure when you began your journey with the Lord and began to serve him and walk with him, but I was a 15-year-old when I discovered the Lord. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. We, we didn't even do like Christmas and Easter church. We just never went to church, and God really wasn't talked about in our home, and I was on this journey as a 15-year-old, and um, my parents had just divorced, and I was loved by my parents, but it just kind of rocked my world a little bit, and I didn't know who Jesus was. And yet someone was faithful enough to present me with the gospel and tell me about Jesus. They invited me to church. They discipled me and really held my hand through this incredible journey that has brought me here today. And so I just want to encourage you. You may see people around you and think, oh, they, they, they need help. They probably do. <laughs> but maybe the Lord may be using you to be that person that will rescue a, a carry out there that God may just send you to somebody. So always open your eyes and look around and say, Lord, who, who could I be the hope to today? Who could I mentor? Because you never know, not only where God will lead you, but where God may lead that other person. You never know the impact you will have on someone's life. And that's part of what I'm going to share with you today. But if you'll just take a minute, and I, this is what I will do every once in a while throughout the day. I'll just have a moment, and I'll pause, and I'm like, Jesus, what a wonderful life that I have. I'm so blessed. Even in the midst of storms, I say, Lord, I, because I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have you in the boat with me. And so uh, I really can't close my eyes and remember back to what my life was like. It really is just a moment I can remember when I was lost and what that felt like. And so I don't know if you can remember that. Some of you might have started your journey when you were little, and you might have been raised in incredible godly Christian homes and or raised in the church, but some of you might not have. And so maybe you're thinking, Lord, it wasn't that long ago. But God, thank you that I'm on a different path and that I'm headed in a good direction and that you have good things for me. And so, again, may today just be filled with moments where you say, thank you, God, for where I am today and where you've brought me. I'm not, you know, may not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. And so we can say thank you, Jesus, for that. And so I, I want to encourage you in that today. 
even in the midst of fumbling around in my Christianity uh, beginning, I remember I was about 17 years old when I was uh, baptized with the Holy Spirit and felt called into ministry. Well, in my, uh, my family, I said I wanted, to go to, I wanted to go to Bible college. I was going to go either to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh for art or go into music at a university. So I was head-tracked that way, and then the Lord interrupted that, and I thought, I get to go to, I'm supposed to go into ministry? I'm going to go to Bible college? My family kept thinking it was barber college and thought I wanted to cut hair. <laughs> they didn't get it at all, and they weren't, they were like, she is on. They thought it was just a phase I was going through, through the divorce, but that phase um, has lasted 30 years, and so <laughs> it's not a phase anymore. This is my life, and, um, but even through that, in my, my um, innocence, I'll call it, I might not have been innocent in worldly ways, but I was very innocent in the Lord and in his word, and I took things at faith, um, I took things by faith from the word, but um, in Psalm 118, verse uh, 130, this is what it says, the entrance of your word gives light, it gives understanding to the simple, that's very simple then, I didn't know, I, people would present me with, I'm just glad I was surrounded by people that were trustworthy and godly, because I really listened to them, and what little knowledge I had of the Bible, I ran with it, and so even in the, my simplest ways, God gave me understanding at an at early time in my walk with the Lord, but know that he will do that for you today as well. If you think, Lord, I don't know, I don't understand, there's something that's before me that seems beyond me, he will give you understanding, even when you feel like you're simple, he will do that. His word gives light to those things. So again, what is your story? When did you ask Jesus to be Lord of your life? When did you surrender and begin this journey? So I kind of want to take you on that path today a little bit. See, one thing I have to tell you is people can argue um, with politics. Obviously, we've seen that, right? People can argue with your theology. They can maybe even argue with your doctrine. But one thing that someone can argue with, and that is your story, your experience, what has happened in your life. And so sometimes the most powerful thing that you can have is your story, what you can share with others, uh, the impact that you can have as you begin to talk to others and talk about what Jesus has done in and through you. So all my life I've been telling my story, whether it's the current reality of where I am today or what Jesus has brought me through and, and rescued me from, my story is my story, and it gives honor to God. Because it says, we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, which is our story. So I've seen uh, many opportunities where I've been able to overcome because of just stepping out in faith and doing that. So um, how many of you have ever seen a pregnant woman? <laughs> People, thank you. You saw one earlier where you got a pregnant woman. <laughs> um, what do we always say when someone is pregnant? They what? They glow, don't they? And you're like, I'm tired of glowing. You know, <laughs> maybe you're in your ninth month, you're like, I don't want to glow anymore. But it's true, though. They glow. Or when someone has fallen in love, don't we see that? What is it about their countenance? What is, what is it that causes that glow or that vivaciousness or that thrill of life? Well, it's because I talk about a pregnant woman. She's carrying life inside her. And someone who's fallen in love, are you kidding? They just have this new capacity for love for another person that goes beyond anything they've ever imagined. But see, while you may not be pregnant or you may not feel like you're falling in love for the first time, do you realize that we all have the capacity and we all carry life and love within us at all times? So we should always have a glow. And there are, there are products that you can buy that will help with that. 
um, if you have issues. <laughs> no. But outside of that, I mean, you can have this incredible glow because the light of Jesus, he is the Holy Spirit is in you and is just oozing to come out through your countenance, through your attitude, through your demeanor, through the way that you talk to one another, greet people, run into people out in public, whatever it might be, God wants to use you. He wants you to glow and illuminate. So my uh, today I wanted to encourage you and say you are luminescent. You are luminescent. And so I want to talk about that today, what that really, really means. We are all light bearers. All of us have the capacity to bear light and to radiate that. What I want to talk about is how can we increase our lumens? <laughs> we all... Anybody tried to buy a light bulb when you used to buy old light bulbs and now you're trying to buy the new LEDs or whatever, and you're like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what 42 means. I used to do 60 watt, 120 watt, and now I've got it. What's 42? Right? So we're <laughs> trying to figure out what these are. But lumens has to do with obviously the brightness, the capacity to exude that light. And so I want to talk about how can we increase our lumens? How can we increase our glow effect on those that are around us. And you think, how can I increase something that's, our, how can I increase the Holy Spirit in me? I mean, he's the Holy Spirit, right? Um, but no, I want to talk about, because all of us, if you're married, um, you may say, you know, you walked into marriage, how many of you would say that, you know, when I got married, it's easy, I've not had to put any effort in it whatsoever, and it has been a cakewalk. <laughs> or you've had children and said, every day has been just a gem from the Lord. <laughs> Especially when you're getting up at 3 in the morning, right? Or you're sleep deprived. Um, or maybe you're just at work. Have you ever had those days when you're like that coworker? They're just awesome, aren't they? <laughs> or just education. Maybe you're in school and you're like, ah. I'm just telling you, you, we all make efforts to improve and to just really have. We all want to have a strong marriage if you're married, right? There's efforts that we do. There's things that we do to invest into our parenting, into our marriage, into our work, our education, and our life. So I want to talk about when it comes to our spirituality and who we are as believers, how we can glow and grow and increase our lumens as, as women of God and, uh, and impact the world around us that he sent you to. The first thing is you want to love others. How can you increase it is by loving those around you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 10. This is what it says. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. That's 1 John 2, 10. He who loves his brother or his sister, her sister, abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him or in her. One thing I do know is that they'll know we're Christians by our love for one another. This is where it starts. Um, I think it's so important that we love the world and love those around us and have an impact. But do you realize they're watching how we love one another? Because they're going to say, do I want to be a part of this tribe? What's it like once you join the club? And so they want to see how we love one another. And it says they'll know we're Christians by our love for one another. I don't know about you, but how many of you are on social media? Yeah, I am. I've got several different, whether it's Instagram, then there's Snapchat. We've got Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is you choose to do. Um, if, if you have a list of friends and you're reading, how many of you have friends that were on one side of the political arena and some that were on the other side? And they're still expressing it, right? <laughs> and some of them are believers, right? So hopefully we've got believers and unbelievers, but you're going to see both. There, people are watching how the body of Christ reacts to one another through all of that. 
And so it's so important how we steward our voice in our love for one another. How can you handle that? I don't know. The, I, have, I haven't unfriended anyone. <laughs> Jesus doesn't want me to unfriend anybody. <laughs> I've, I've hidden a few posts, <laughs> I have to admit. There are times I'm like, Jesus, I don't have that. I just don't have it in me today. So hide, hide, hide. <laughs> so I've done that. But I'm like, I want to love them. I want to be able to look them in the eye and say, how are you doing? It's so good to see you, and you seem to be doing well. <laughs> I'm like, you just ranted. <laughs> but it's important, how do we love one another? And even when we think differently, how do we, because no two people think alike. True? We might agree on a lot of things, but somewhere down the line, we're going to have differences. So how can we, as the body of Christ, love one another? If you will love, even when you disagree, because you know what? My love for you, my ability to forgive and to walk in love is so much more important than really how we feel about some things that are just non-essentials. So it's so important that if we will love others and go beyond even sometimes our own feelings, even our differences, we will increase our brightness. See, because love covers a multitude of sins, and it isn't easily offended. So true love covers Anyone ever covered for another person before? Or you knew about something that they did that you thought, whew, that could be really damaging. And they've chosen you to confess to and to trust with that information. And you've chosen to cover that and to help them walk through it. That's love. And do you realize that as, as we do that for other people, our brightness, it, it increases. And you know what God will do with that increased brightness? He'll, he'll further your reach. So wh when you can maybe have a glow effect this far, he's just going to continue to stretch that and to be able to influence others. Um, I've of often asked myself, Lord, has unforgiveness or offense dimmed my light? How many of you, when you're struggling with unforgiveness or you're offended with someone, feel chipper and cheery and wonderful when you get up in the morning? Isn't it hard to sometimes trudge through the day when you're like, I am battling with this or I'm hurt? Or how do I get over this? Well, part of that, as believers, walking in that forgiveness daily. And, and can I just encourage you in this? See, Jesus, when he forgives, he does what when he forgives? He forgets. He throws it as far as the east is from the west. He forgets. We, on the other hand, are still working on that, right? We forgive situations. We try to get over stuff. And then we wake up the next morning, and it's still there. Does that mean it didn't take the day before? <laughs> no, it just means sometimes forgiveness is a process we get to walk out. But if you will contend to walk through the process, no matter how grievous the offense is against you, God will increase your brightness each day. You will see it dissipate. There are times I've been deeply hurt, and I've said, Lord, I'm determined. I'm determined. And there's times I'm like, Lord, help me love them like you love them. I don't really love them right now. <laughs> I want to take vengeance, um, especially if it's against my children or my husband. I'm like, you can say all you want about me, but don't mess with them. So even when I've gotten offended for someone else's sake, which, trust me, you don't, we don't have the grace for that. You need to just worry about yourself. But still, when those things have happened, Lord, help me to forgive and to move on. And I found that when I do that, I have a greater capacity to have light and effectiveness to those that are around me. So first thing is love others. The second one is guard your eyes. I'm going to turn to Luke chapter 11 and read this to you. And I need these now. You know what's fun about getting readers is I like to, sh I'm, I like to shop. 
and I like sparkly bright things and fun stuff. So the nice thing about readers is you can have like six or seven different pairs, and it's only like $10 for like all these different looks. <laughs> so I'm all for like trying out different things. All right, Luke chapter 11, I'm going to read verse 33 through 36 for you all. It says, no one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, and those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light. And when the bright excuse me, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. Verse 34 says, the lamp of the body is the eye. What you see, what you take in, how many of you have found out the hard way you can't unsee something? All I have to say is nude colored leggings <laughs> in Walmart. You just can't unsee that. <laughs> It's still, it's there. Okay? I could say certain images and you'd have them in your mind, right? I mean, there's things you're like, I, uh, I just can't unsee that. I'm in trouble. It's so important, though, that we watch what we allow, because our eyes are the window to our soul, right? So what are we? So if we want to increase our lumens, increase our brightness, what do we allow ourselves to see? And it's so easy because everything is right in front of us all the time, instantaneously. And so we live in a day and age where we're like, everything is at our disposal, so, Lord, what is it that's light or what is it that's darkness that's trying to get in me through what I can see? It's important to use discernment, what you read, what you watch, what you observe. I know as a parent with my children, um, there's times when I really guarded and protected what they watched and saw. And then there came a time when I had to say, now you have to make those choices. Are you going to make the good choice? And talk to them about what you can see and what you can't unsee and the importance of, you know, kind of protecting that innocence of your life uh, about just remaining just pure before the Lord. And so we talked about those things. But even there was a season when I was um, working at a corporation in Davidson when we first moved down to North Carolina. And a friend of mine introduced me to romance novels, <laughs> like the good ones. <laughs> I'd never taken up recreational reading until then. <laughs> and, and I found out stuff I didn't know you could do. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't know that. And um, <laughs> so, honey, read this part. No, I did not do that. <laughs> I, was married then. I just remember going, wow. I mean, it really blew my mind. But I had to say, look, after a while, I started getting just unhappy with my life. You know, he, Dale didn't look like that cowboy with, you know, <laughs> he didn't come in from wrangling cattle all day. <laughs> Whatever it might be. I had to learn, oh my goodness, what am I allowing to, just through my reading, because you know, when you're being entertained, your guard's down. And so the, I had to make a commitment early on. I had to stop. I was like, Lord, the Holy Spirit just got a hold of me, said, Carrie is not healthy for you. It's just like there's certain movies you won't see, but you're reading it. Oh, it's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> so I really said, Lord, help me to guard because I don't want to dim my light in any way. 
And so that was just something that was between me and the Holy Spirit. You, you have to know for yourself, listen to the voice of the Lord. And when he says, ah, careful, when he sets up warning signs for you, just make sure you're aware of them and attuned to the Holy Spirit. One thing, too, that's our eyes. Our eyes like to compare ourselves to others. And comparison is the thief of your joy. Can't compare yourself with other people. Oh, I wish I were where they are. I wish I had what they had. Or I just I wish I was as spiritual as they are. You cannot compare yourself to other people. Ask Jesus, Jesus, my identity is in you, and what you're doing in me I'm happy with right now. And it might not look like someone else. It's so important that you don't allow comparison. And usually that's done through the eyes, what we see on the outside. And how many of you know that necessarily what's on the outside isn't what's happening on the inside? Because you can argue in the parking lot with somebody and walk into church and you're just fine. When a few minutes earlier you were growling, (laughs) right? We all know how to do that, put on the face. So it's important that we don't compare ourselves. And I love social media because it's a great way to connect with people and it's a great way to even share your faith and do things. But we put our best, you know, how many of us, no, that picture's not going on there. My hair doesn't look good. Um, I'm not, yeah, mm, that's not a good thin angle. Let's, (laughs) you know, we put our best foot forward on social media, right? We put those wonderful things. We don't talk about hard times necessarily. So we have to be careful we don't compare ourselves. Let Jesus set the standard. And for me, it's not just what you don't do. It's what you look for. So how about look for goodness and godliness in everything? What are some things? I love it says in Philippians 4, 8, you know, whatever things are true, whatever is noble, whatever is just, uh, pure, lovely, and of good report, if there's any virtue in it and it's praiseworthy, meditate, stew on these things. And so it's important. If you will continue to think on those good things of God, you will find that your countenance will change. Your brightness will enhance your light that you shine because everywhere you go, you are carrying that light. And so it's important to make sure that you guard your eyes. Change your landscape and you will glow. One last thing along this. um, Probably a lot of you are natural leaders that are in the room. You influence people. There's people that listen to you or look to you. And as a leader, it's easy to walk into a situation and have a critical eye. Have you ever been able to walk into a room and go, this is great. I would tweak this a little bit, or I would change that, or I would, you do that, and, and you just make those mild, which a critical eye is a good thing. What's dangerous is a critical spirit, because it's what do you do with that information? Do you judge, or do you help? So that's something I just wanted to throw out. That was an extra thing. I wrote that down last minute. I thought, they might need to hear that. Because <laughs> I know I, as a leader, there's times I'll walk in and I'll assess stuff and I'll be like, that was great. But the Lord has really helped me to go, look at the great things they're doing. Lord, do you want me to help just share that, that one adjustment or that one thing that just might take someone to the next level in their life? Give me wisdom when I see that. How can I, how can I be light? Okay, so we're going to love others. We're going to guard our eyes. The next thing is choosing to be fearless. I love this one. Choosing to be fearless. Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Who will I be afraid of? So I'm going to be fearless. You need to have confidence that your light, no matter how bright that it is, defeats darkness in every situation. Even if we were to cut all the lights Um, black out the light from the doors and we had complete darkness in the room, if I were to light the tiniest tea candle and put it up here on the table, it would somehow illuminate the entire room. 
Now, obviously, the room is well lit now. There's many lights that are on. But do you know that no matter who you are, even if you just are beginning your walk with Jesus, you are a light. So wherever you walk into a situation, guess what? It brightens when you walk in there. It dispels the darkness. It pushes it back. It exposes things and brings truth to light. It's not just so that you can point out bad stuff, but you know what? It's to help set people free. We all have blind spots in our lives, don't we? Most people out there are walking around with blind spots, and you can help bring, God may use you to help just expose those things and say, hey, God wants to do this in your life and do this new thing, or really, if nothing else, to walk into a situation, have discernment, and say, you know what? The enemy's not going to have place here anymore. I'm, I'm going to bind that spirit of envy and jealousy. And I'm going to be loving and accepting when I walk in. I'm going to create that atmosphere because of the light that is in me, because of what Jesus can do in and through me. So don't be afraid. Know that you can have confidence no matter what your light is, however bright your lumens are. Matthew 5, um, verses 14 through 16, is talking about, the again, that light on the lampstand. It's referring to that kind of like we read in, in Luke a little bit. But there's a couple things that he says that I thought were really neat. It says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I love that it gives light to all who are in the house. In other words, those who are in close proximity to, to you, those who you encounter, guess what? They catch that light. They catch the work of the Holy Spirit in you. They are looking for that hope. You are the bearers of the light and hope that this world needs. See, Jesus, he left in the sense of he said, I should go and I'm going to send the comforter to you, the Holy Spirit, right? He says, I must go because you know what Jesus knew? He could only be in his bodily form. Even though God, we know, is omnipresent God, Jesus was limited in his omnipresence when he was a man here on earth. He says, I'm going to entrust it to you. You will continue the work. You, you are the light of the world. You are continuing the work of the kingdom of God, and it's you, and he's entrusted you with it. So whatever, be fearless. Don't be afraid of the darkness. Don't be afraid of the enemy, but go and conquer because God has given you great power to change the atmosphere of every room that you walk into. Because when your light walks in, it changes. There was one time, I don't know if any of you volunteer, even obviously within the church, but outside the church, there was a time, um, my son was a year-round swimmer, and we had a swim team in our neighborhood, so I was a treasurer for the swim team, and just, I've, I enjoyed that season of my life very much, but I noticed that even whenever there were conflicts to resolve, and you had to handle tough situations, they'd be like, Carrie, could, could you handle this, or <laughs> would you give me advice on how to handle this because you just have a way of bringing peace to situations. And these are people that um, either attend other churches or some didn't know the Lord. And God allowed, they just picked up on that just by me being around them, just by me being in the room and being a mom on the swim team and doing certain things. And then there was a time when I was at the involved in the PTSO at our high school and the teachers there, I, they were like, no one's honored our teachers like you have. I mean, the team you've got, they just honor and thank you. And I was able to really share the gospel just because of the little opportunities I had, just by bringing light. Even in the school, students know when you love them. 
People know when you accept them and you want to encourage them when you walk into a room. So that's one way. Be fearless. Don't allow the darkness. I walk into a room and I'm like, yeah, I'm, it's not that, oh, Carrie's in charge. She's here. <laughs> it's that Jesus is in me and he's empowered me to make a difference. So enemy, look out <laughs> because, because I'm taking ground for the kingdom. And I am going to be a bearer of light, and I'm going to be fearless because I trust in my God. Okay, so you're going to love others. You're going to guard your eyes. You're going to choose to be fearless. And my last one is reaching out to others. I shared earlier about um, how I came to the Lord and how someone was bold enough to share the gospel with me. So I'm going to read to you from the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. These are some of my favorite scriptures. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 15 through 17. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Let me read that one more time. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Walking circumspectly. Walking and knowing, um, walking cautiously, walking with sensitivity, and walking with discernment with those who are outside. See, someone did that for me when I was 15 years old, and there are people that I've done that with um, all of my life since then. Um, I, I really felt like as soon as I became a believer and followed Jesus Christ, I couldn't help but share. I'm like, are you kidding? This stuff like just changed my life. I mean, I knew when I gave my heart to Jesus and I really surrendered to him, I was on a different path and I had truly received the hope of the world. And I was determined to share that and spread that. But I had to learn how to walk cautiously and with discernment. There are times I'd get on the school bus and my friends would be like, hey, Carrie, yeah, you can sit with me. Can you not talk about Jesus today? <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then within five minutes, I'd weave him into the conversation. <laughs> I just couldn't help it. I was so determined. I was so full of joy of what he'd done. But I had to learn how to use sensitivity, discernment, the timing of the Lord. But it's important that we do that because we need to redeem the time. See, the enemy is bent on us wasting our time, on stealing our moments, on taking away opportunities. But see, we as believers, we as women of, of light, of the, of the kingdom of God, we get to redeem time. We get to make it count. We get to set aside time and really make a difference in people's lives as we reach out to others. Redeeming the time means to capitalize on every opportunity capitalizing on every opportunity it means let every moment be a god moment let every moment be a god moment god give me an opportunity today to have a god moment in someone else's life show me who that is and then it says we should seek discover and know god's will does that mean we have to know god's will for everybody no but do you know what god is doing in you what is he telling you today what is he speaking to you when someone says what's the lord telling you these days do you know what his word's been saying to you? Say, God, what's your will for my life? What is it you're telling me? You're, if you will seek him, if you'll be in his word, if you'll be in prayer, and it's not just giving the grocery list of requests, but really sitting and listening to him, you'd be surprised how much brighter you will illuminate. People will pick up on that. They will know that you have had an encounter with the Lord. Ask God to help you hear and to see supernaturally. 
Because how many of you know that you've had those friends that have said, I'm, how are you? I'm fine. And you know they're not fine. Something says, ah, they, they look fine. They're smiling. But if the Lord's giving me discernment that says it goes deeper than that. Will I be the friend that says, you look great today and I see you smiling, but I sense something deeper is going on. Would you like to talk? Can I pray with you? And if you don't want to share, just know I will be praying for you. As a matter of fact, let me pray with you right now. Uh, I've learned never to be embarrassed no matter where I pray with someone. I'll stop in public. Actually, I almost really want to pray in public. Like, I, I don't mind if people see me standing in a store holding someone's hand. I don't care if it's a stranger and I'm laying hands on them and I'm praying for them. I want the world to see that that's normal. It's not abnormal. That's the norm. This is what Jesus wanted us to do. And people can be set free. So I've learned to reach out to others, have sensitivity, capitalize on every opportunity. When um, we went to Israel, I think you guys were at the other end of this. So you d I don't think you did this with us. There's this tunnel in Israel that's in the side, the city of David. It's outside the Dung Gate. What's a nice name like the Dung Gate? That's in, <laughs> in Jerusalem, old walls. But we'd gone through there, and there's this tunnel called Hezekiah's Tunnel. And basically what it is, is it's a tunnel built into solid rock. King Hezekiah had it built. From the city of David, it goes down underground and through to the pools of Siloam, which are on the other end. And when we ended up there, we were still kind of in the city of David, but it was kind of a, looked like a Palestinian area a little bit. But yeah, on the other side. It's about three football fields in length, and it's rough cut. So um, there's no lights. You know how they sometimes now these things, they'll put it, you know, they'll, they'll somehow string lights. There's no lights strung through this place. You basically have to go through this tunnel, take your own flashlight. There's no guide going with you. It's a one-way track. You don't turn around and go back. And while you're in it the whole time, there's running water that can go from calf deep to mid-thigh. And you're walking through it. And sometimes, now, the walls were never much wider than this. And then sometimes you're stooped down and you don't know for how long. And then sometimes it opens up and you've got room. But I just remember going into that. My husband was the first one and I was second. And when you first get in, the water's rushing really hard. So I got in and I turned the corner and I was like, I see nothing. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't. And he kind of took up more space. So I couldn't even like say, where are we headed? I mean, I couldn't even see around him to know what was ahead. And I almost panicked. I, and I thought, I, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> How long does it take to get through this? And they're like, give yourself a good hour, an hour to walk. And there's like eight or ten of us. But I was like, okay, I walked out. I took a few deep breaths. And <laughs> everyone else that was with us was like, it's okay, Carrie, whatever you want to do. <laughs> like, that's fine. Like, I am here. I'm going to do this. <laughs> so I got in there, got behind my husband, and went for it. And we had a good pace. And I said, babe, just keep it that clip. Don't slow down. Just keep moving. <laughs> and it was, uh, and there's times that we all stopped and turned our lights off and just, I mean, complete, there's no seeing the light at from one end to the other. So you, we really didn't know when it would end. And, like, I couldn't even pass another person in the tunnel if I wanted to. Couldn't get by them. And I thought, this is what people must feel like that are lost. They don't know when they're getting out. There's probably water. There's situations of life that are rushing around them. That, Because I just kept thinking, can they cork the other end of this thing? <laughs> I go into stuff like that, and i am always got an escape strategy. I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people that goes to places and says, where's the exit? Um, how can I get out? 
you know, if the car goes off the side of the road into a lake, how do I get the windows down? I mean, that's just me. I'm thinking about crazy stuff like that all the time. And so I'm thinking, can this water ever get deeper? But there are people that are out there in the world that don't have the answer. See, I knew there was, a th I knew there was an, uh, an open end at the other end. I knew that I had light with me so I could navigate. But there are people out there that are wandering, and, they, and sometimes they are crushed by life, and they don't know when they'll get to stand up again. They're flooded by concerns, and they're in darkness, and they're waiting for one of us, one of us, you and me, to turn our light on and to grab their hand and to say, this is the way, and there's an end in sight, and let me lead you to it. Because God has called us to be light bearers. We are salt and light. We are the one that's going to make a difference. We are going to guide people. Someone did that for me. I was a 15-year-old girl that just wanted to know, who is God? And someone said, Carrie, come with me. And, and actually, it was so neat because I didn't get saved that Sunday when I went to church. That was my first time ever going into a, it was a four-square church of all things. That's the denomination I'm in. But I just remember going there and, which was wonderful, but you know when I really gave my heart to Jesus is when she invited me to her home and shared the gospel with me. And on the ride home, she, um, I just felt like the Lord said, okay, I said, Sandy, I, I think I need to give my life to Jesus. I don't know how to pray. And she prayed with me while we're driving down in a little Honda Civic in Vermilion, Ohio, October 10th, 1983. And at the stoplight when I said amen, I knew I was transformed. And she handed me my own light, and I began to be a light to those around me. And God wants you to do the same thing for others around you. So be a bearer of light. Be a bearer of the hope of Jesus Christ, because you're the ambassadors of the kingdom of God. You're the one that he has chosen to share with those around you and to make a difference. Love others. Guard your eyes. Choose to be fearless and reach out to others. Be luminescent today, ladies and allow God to use you in a powerful way. Can we pray today? Lord, you are such a good God, and I thank you that every single woman that is here today, and even some of the gentlemen that are here too, Lord, you have touched them. You have saved and rescued them. You have filled them with your light and life and hope. And so, God, I pray that even, Lord, open our eyes our spiritual eyes, open our ears to hear the cries of those that are longing for hope. God, I pray that you'll give us the capacity to not only extend your light and hope to others, but Lord, just enlarge that to where you extend our influence, God. May every place we step our foot today, every time we walk into a room, every place we go, may we bring light. May we dispel the darkness. May we do it fearlessly. And God, when we look at people, give us discernment. Let us know supernaturally. Are they in a tunnel without a light? Are they struggling? They may even look like they have got it all put together in a brand new, incredibly paying job. But they're still in a tunnel and they're still in darkness. Lord, whoever it may be, it may be a little child that's, Lord, at home and feels lonely. And yet we're their next door neighbor. God, show us the heart of that child and help us to bring light to them too. God, it may be an elderly person that we run into that has lived most of their life without you and is still unfulfilled and senses something is missing. God, we know what that is. 
Give us boldness to love on and care for those and to share the gospel, to share you, Jesus, with them. And Lord, I believe that as we learn how to love others, guard our eyes, God, be fearless and reach out. Lord, you will extend our light. You're going to brighten our lumens, Lord, and we will be luminescent. So thank you again, Lord, for your empowerment, for your peace today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, ladies. It's been an honor to be with you today. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Lord gave me a verse early this morning, and I didn't share it up front because I wanted to wait and see where this was going. <laughs> First Peter 2, 9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Um, I'm not going to repeat the points that Carrie made, but here's some challenging questions that I want you to think about because I said earlier, I think there is something here for every single one of us to hear if you've prepared your heart to hear. Is God using me to lead someone to Christ? Is my Christian life just a phase? What is my story? What is your testimony? And am I capitalizing on every moment God gives me to be that bright, to be the light that he's called me to be? So with that said, I just want to say thank you for coming. Um, thank you to all the hostesses, everybody that's helped. We've had a lot of help. Couldn't have done this without you. Um, I didn't plan on this earlier, but I will have several ladies up front here. If you have any questions or would like prayer, feel free. Um, in confidence, please feel free to come forward for prayer. And with that, I hope you all have a wonderful winter day. <laughs> it is supposed to be in the 70s today. <laughs> But uh, thank you for coming. We enjoyed having you, and we'll look forward to the next one. Thanks for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.